As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try you know, I, I try to keep things light. I don't take it too serious. Uh, even as a player, I, I tried not to get myself worked up too much. Maybe that was a bad thing once in a while, but I just, I want these guys to feel relaxed. Um, you know, they're tight. And uh, so my, I think my personality is going to come in and just let them just take a deep breath and get your shoulders dropped and go have some fun and, and get back to the game we love to play. We've played it since we were five, six years old, and it hasn't changed. Uh, you might be making a little more money now, but um, it's just time to go back playing some good, solid, hard hockey and have some fun with it. Hello and welcome to the latest Laz and Powers podcast. This podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at DirecTV.com. This is Mark Lazarus, joined in our studio, also known as my car, with Scott Powers. Um, it is uh, Sunday evening around 9.45 at night. We're recording this uh, immediately following the Blackhawks' victory. I said victory. We haven't done a post-game podcast. In a... We haven't done this since uh, pre-COVID. Yeah. We used to do these We're not even allowed to do it inside anymore. Yeah, we, we literally, we tried to go upstairs <laughs> to our usual spot on like the Lexus level, like the 200, where they have the nice, you know, big high top cha- tables and the chairs and stuff. Studio and number one. They're like, yeah, you're not going up there. So, <laughs> all right, we're just going to go to the car and sit creepily in the parking lot at night on the west side of Chicago. But uh, the Blackhawks won tonight, two to one. Yeah, on an Alex Brinkett goal on a pretty give and go with Patrick Kane, and it was the first game of the Derek King era. Um, if you had to look him up on HockeyDB.com, um, that's okay. Patrick Kane did too. Of course, he immediately knew exactly. You know about Derek King? Though. I do. Derek King was a big part of my childhood. When I was a kid, I had a Derek King 
autograph on a hockey stick with the rest of the 1992 Islanders. Also, Steve Conroy, for that matter. Uh, Derek King was a really good player for the Islanders in the, in the early 90s. He had a 40-goal season, a couple of 30-goal seasons. He was on those teams with Pierre Turgeon and Benoit Hogue and uh, Glenn Healy and Nett. And, you know, they upset the 93 Penguins in one of those great upsets of all time. And I look forward to someday sitting down with Derek King and asking what Dave Volek's up to. But in the meantime, he's the coach of the Chicago Blackhawks. And this was his first game coaching in the National Hockey League. Um, even as an assistant, he was never in the NHL. Yeah, he's always in the he's been a lifer in the AHL for yeah. a long time now. And, uh, um, you know, the, the Blackhawks won. So he's the greatest coach that ever lived, I believe, right? He's, he's got the best winning percentage in NHL history. I guess we can go back to starting with that Jeremy Colleton got fired. <laughs> oh, yeah, by the way, Jeremy Colleton got fired. Sorry, you know, it's, it's funny. You know, I was looking, we were talking this morning when we got here for the press conferences, and we're all like, you know, the season's three and a half weeks old. Yeah. Three and a we have lived 16 lifetimes in three and a half weeks. It's unbelievable. Yes, Jeremy Colleton was fired yesterday. I honestly, th- I think we all thought it was coming at some point. Yeah. There's like a four or five day break there right before the trip to Seattle next week. And in my head, I'm like, well, Joel Quenville was fired during a four-day break after a West Coast, a Western uh, road trip. It gave Colleton some time to ease in. That's when they'll do it. But, God, that game in Winnipeg was so bad, they, they almost had no choice. Yeah, and I think part of it was that, like, we had to hear from Kyle Davidson, right? Like, one way or another that we had to hear from him as, as the interim GM. And, and, you know, like, and I'm sure he was, you know, it was interesting his whole press conference today. It was like he, him and Dirk King were both really honest about like they did a good job. Yeah, well, yeah, it was just it was being honest about the situation they're put in. Where Kyle Davidson's like, yeah, this is what you want to do, but not until you're in that position do you realize the scope of it. And Derek King talked about how, uh, yeah, he, he had nerves. He was scared. You know, like use the word scared. What was the last time you heard a hockey person use the word scared? <laughs> yeah, I like this guy. Um, yeah, he, he's a, he's you know just dealing with him in Rockford. Like he's honest. He's he's very low key. He's um, you know, like even after the win tonight, you know, like he's just, he's, he put the stuff on the players, but you could tell that it matters to him. And it, you know, like he's, um, yeah, I don't know. He's just, he, he's, I, I get why players like him just cause he's, he has this kind of simple way about him and, uh, it, it's, it's very smooth in his delivery and the communication. Um, but with the Carlton thing, it, it's, yeah, it, it's that Winnipeg let, game. Let's, 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 let's start with Carlton. We'll get, yeah, start with Carlton sure, yeah. and then we'll get into yeah, King and, sure. and David. Bounce around it so much, but, um. Yeah, it's that Winnipeg game. It's how they started. It's, um, you know, I, I think Davidson finally had kind of a week under his belt and kind of was assessing things, and uh, things weren't getting better. And he and he said it wasn't just one game. It wasn't one, um, you know, one thing, but it's when you look at the scope of it and the fact that the message wasn't getting across. And, and, and you know, even asking Jeremy Colleton, I remember asking him after that Winnipeg game, it's like, you know, what else are you going to say after this, you know? And, yeah. and and it seemed like he was a little bit of a loss for, for what, you know, like he basically said we need to put this one behind us and move on because I think that effort even, you know, like it was just, I think everyone realized how bad it was and they needed to do better. And, and I know everyone's going to point to what happened tonight saying oh, this is a new coach, but um, I think this also needs to be given given time to see how this process is. Um, but yeah, I, I think we all agree that it was, you know, and I'm sure if, you know, if you spoke to Jeremy Colleton that he knew that this possibility was coming and the desperation for, for wins had to be there and, and they weren't and it just, it wasn't getting better and at some point something has to change and um, the it's most logical part was, was the coach at some point. It's you know? hard because, I mean, this is his fourth season. He got a really long leash for a guy with literally no track record really yeah. in the NHL. But at the same time, there were always extenuating circumstances. He got dropped in in the middle of a season to replace a legend. Yeah. Impossible situation to be in. 
Um, and then the next year there were, there were, there were season ending injuries to key players. There was all kinds of stuff. Then you had the COVID pause. Then you had a half season with no fans. And then you have this season where he's got all these new guys fall on his lap and you think that's going to be great, but that's not always easy to get off the yeah. a good start. And then, you know, the, 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 the Kyle Beach uh, situation happens. The general block report is released and the whole team is plunged into, you know, utter turmoil. Yeah. I mean, I think the problem is that it was it basically started with that road trip, you know, like it was the expectations and and, and Tim said that today. He said like you know got off to a bad start and it kind of snowballed from there. Yeah, like it just like if those first few games like they even look good. I I think I think people could have got behind them, but it's like they came home for the you know like they started on the road, they lost those games, they come home, people are already angry, and then it just kept on snowballing. So like they're, um, yeah, like and all those other things obviously led to you know led to what happened later on with the you know the the beach and you know report coming out and uh, certainly the covid outbreak and yeah there was other extenuating circumstances but it was it was that start you know like there well, was just look, there was no too coach much, there was too much built up about this team that to have that type of start and not not well, from unless it. you're the Arizona Coyotes and you're literally not trying to win yeah. I'm not sure any coach on the planet could withstand a 1-9 and 2 start no for sure i mean that is Staggeringly awful start. I mean, the season is lost before it's even begun. If this was last season, then everyone because I, I think everyone imagined last season was going to be right. Like this, exactly. You know? Everyone would have been like, "Yeah, this is what we expect." But this wasn't that. So, um, you know, Kane and Taves are both very. Yeah, I mean, they, they both spoke positively about Colleton. I, I don't, you know, Kane really liked Colleton. Like, Kane yeah. was his was his first big defender, vocal defender. Uh, I mean, just like everybody else, those first couple of weeks, he was, you know, I don't know about this, but he really took to Colleton a lot. And, and Debrinkin talked about how he developed under Yeah, he him said, I'm stuff. a better player because of Jeremy Colleton, and that's true. Yeah. And, you know, he, you know, Colleton did a, a good job bringing Kirby Dock along in his first year. He did a great job elevating Debrinkin from a, a one-dimensional goal scorer to an all-around, you know, terror on the ice. And, you know, he deserves a lot of credit for what he was able to do, but the fact was they, they never won under him. I, I feel like... And Colleton's really young. I mean, you would expect he's going to coach, uh, you know, eventually maybe at this level again. But uh, you know, probably have to work his way up again. But I think part of it's just adjusting. You know, like I, I think he got very set in his ways. And he's stubborn. He had a lot of Quenville in him that way. Yeah, like he just he thought that the lines were going to work a certain way, and he needed size. And and you know, I think even the simple changes tonight to put Kubalik and Hagel with Taves, you know, like you just made it more offensive. Like yeah. that line was very, it, their six best offensive players were in their yeah. top six. Like you put, you made, you made that. The, the, the Carpenter with them was like, was a possession line, but the chances of scoring were slim, you yeah. know, like I, I just, yeah, I don't, I, I feel like Colleton got very set in what he wanted and he thought was going to work. And um, even early on, like he, you know, like I, I think he admitted even after when he came aboard that he didn't realize how long it was going to take, you know, Keith and Seabrook and those guys to really adjust mm-hmm. from changing systems. And um, so I, yeah, I, I think some of that's, you know, like you're, I certainly think of myself differently when I was in my thirties and, you know, like, oh, if you, God, yeah. I, I think those are all lessons. And, and, you know, I think Kane said it too, you know, he felt like Colleton's going to lead on this experience and be better for it. So um, and, you know, talking with Colleton in the past, you know, uh, casually, you know, away from the microphones, he, he he's very confident. He he knows, he, and he would say, like, you know, no matter what happens here, I'm going to be a successful coach in the NHL. And I, 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 I have no doubt that he will. I think he will. You know, he got a really good head start. He got experience in almost every conceivable fashion yeah. in his three, it's exactly three years as the Blackhawks head coach. It's amazing that it was November 6th, just like Jill Quenville. But uh, he'll be fine. 
Um, you know, I'm sure he's disappointed. I'm sure he's going to look forward to spending some time with his family. It has not been easy to be a head coach in the NHL with young children these last couple of years, just because of all the COVID restrictions and things like that. I mean, you know, he'll, he'll take a chance to reset and he'll be an assistant coach somewhere soon. I don't, I don't, he could go back to, to being a head coach in the AHL. I'm sure he'd have a, a relatively easy time getting a job like that, frankly, but I think he'll want to stay on the NHL if he can. And I think he'll have a long, a long career ahead of him in the NHL. There's something to it where he's never been an assistant. You know, like he's yeah, from, from Sweden, you know, going from player to head coach to, to Rockford to this. Like, yeah, then maybe there is something to you know, like it's uh, I, I think even Mark Crawford, you know, being an assistant here was I'm sure it's it's humbling and you also learn from it. And I, I think that was my biggest takeaway from this morning even was that Mark Crawford um he acted like the head coach. He's the, the head coach of the Blackhawks <laughs> right now, yeah. I mean, Derek, was, Derek he, King might be the head coach in a few days. He, he, he was the first one <laughs> on the board, and then he was the one that's directing him and bringing him together. And um, yeah, like he was more, he was more vocal than you see them, and more motivated. And I, he, I asked Derek uh, King, I'm like, "What did you know about the Predators?" He goes, "Oh, Mark Crawford handled the pre scouts. He got everything <laughs> ready. I mean, it's he's there." And, and Davidson and, and and King both said that this morning that we're yeah. going to lean really heavily on Mark Crawford. So yeah. I asked Davidson, I'm like. Well, then why isn't Mark Crawford the interim coach? That's what we all kind of expected would happen. And I asked him directly if that has something to do with his baggage. You know, a couple of years ago, allegations came out that he was abusive to players verbally, physically even. And he was put on leave and the Blackhawks investigated. And they basically, you know, said that he's a different guy now. And he, he said he's, he sought Say help for that. Man. And, you know, he said all the right things. And, you know, by all accounts, the players love Mark Crawford. But you have to wonder if, you know, the Kyle Beach thing wasn't hanging over the Blackhawks right now, if Mark Crawford would be the interim coach. And Davidson, he, he deflected nicely. He said, you know, it's not that. He said, I wanted an outside voice. You know, Crawford is too entrenched, was his word, with Colleton. And that's fair, too, that they wanted to bring in someone else. But right now, and I think Derek King would, has basically admitted this, Mark Crawford's running the show. Derek King will have the rest of the year because the Blackhawks aren't going to really start their search till the offseason. So he'll eventually take over. But right now, Mark Crawford is coaching the Blackhawks. And Mark Crawford was rejuvenated this morning, too. Like, you could see, like, he had extra, you know, like, in Extra stuff, uh, yeah. He was he was excited to be that this morning, um, and it was interesting because he was the one that I, I believe was calling out the defensive pairings today, and he was not running Gustafson out there much. I, I Gustafson, he had I think three shifts in the first period, and one of them was on the power play. Yeah, he uh, he finished with I think six minutes of ice time. It's I, I think the Gustafson days are soon to be over. Well, yeah, Wyatt Kalanick's been working out with the team when he comes back. Caleb, Caleb Jones, Jones will be back too, eventually. Yeah. I mean, there's Gustafson was always kind of like a tourniquet on this team, so yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, what do you, I mean, we wrote a lot about in the story, so everyone please go read the story, but I, I, 
what were your main takeaways from Kyle Davidson today? From Kyle, he know he, th- this is my first time actually. I know you you did a story on him in the past. This is the first time I've ever like you know been in the same room and spoken with him. Um, I was pretty impressed. I mean, he's he's what twelve years old? Is thirteen? Thirty one. Thirty one. I think he's thirty one. Thirty two or three. Oh, 30, he's a very young guy. Is my point. Yeah. Um, and he's in a very big job, as he admitted. He's like, look, there's only thirty two of these jobs in the in the, in the world. Um, but he's very calm, very confident. You know, he did not look nervous. He obviously made a very difficult decision a week and a half into his tenure. I mean, uh, he's clearly been empowered by Danny and Rocky Wirtz to, hey, you do what you got to do. You know, I don't know if he's going to have the job long term, but while he's got it, he's going to do it. I mean, he's talking about he's going to reevaluate every aspect of hockey ops and how they do business. Um, he, I, I, was, I was pretty impressed with him. He said all the right things. He said, even when, when you asked him about Kyle Beach and, and the hockey culture, he said he wants to be part of the solution. He wants to be an agent of change. Um, and that's what we need is more, you know, that's one of the reasons I liked Colleton was that he's, he's from a different generation than some of these like old school hockey men who think it's okay to just, you know, treat people like shit all the time. Yeah. So uh, I, 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 I there's, there's a lot to like from both the guys running the team right now. Kyle Davis and Derek King, I know they're both interims. They're both probably long shots, I would guess, to keep the jobs long term. Well, I said Davidson probably has a better shot yeah. than. Uh, I think Davidson has a chance. I think I think there's a, a chance with they, a president over him. Yeah, I think that's what I think that's ideal. I mean, if, if you're allowing him to make these type of moves and and then you get rid of him, like that's yeah, I don't know. I I can't even go back to. The, we all thought there was a chance that Stan Bowman was going to get fired over this as soon as you know, like as soon as we heard what Paul Vincent said. So to allow Stan Bowman to make those moves all this offseason and, and, and that, that was the mistake, right? Yeah, that, yeah, and that's and it would be awfully strange now that if you're letting Kyle Davidson run the show and be like, oh no. So either either he's he's either the GM or he plays, I think, a large role still. You oh, know? he'll like, be a, he'll be with the team. Yeah, yeah. there's no yeah. reason that he's going to get dumped. Yeah, for sure. But uh, but no, I I think that if you're a Blackhawks fan right now. You're looking for something to cling to, obviously, because things are bad. It's it's been bad, yeah. but you know you've got a, a, a young GM who's got his, his eyes on the right things, and you've got a head coach who just seems like a really incredibly likable, endearing human person. They won which, the first day, like that's you know, like yeah, you're winning the press. That's conference. All you could do, right? Yeah, right, like yeah. They won the press conference and they won the game. That's all you can yeah, ask. They didn't step on their, their so words you, so, and then yeah, like <laughs> yeah. There's been a lot of correcting of words over the last couple of weeks, and they don't have to do that. Yeah, they said yeah, the right yeah, things, yeah. and you, you've actually had more interaction with Davidson. What what you, what was your impressions going into this? Yeah, you know, I, I talked to a bunch of people about him, and, and people, um, you know, obviously Bowman, you know, said a lot of positive things, but Norm McIver, who was sort of a mentor to him, while when McIver. Was here you know spoke of him and you know thought that he was a potentially a gm and um you know i you know just getting a sense of you know that he went like he was brought in and, and he started going into the cap stuff and then evolved in the scouting and um like he was being groomed i think someday to be a gem mm-hmm. gm like he, he's well-rounded like he doesn't have much of a uh, hockey playing background himself you know at least at a high level um but you know like he's put the time in to, to learn the game learn the scouting um, learning what you know, what it, what it takes for players to succeed at this level, and he understands the cap stuff and a lot of the contracts. And you know, I think, um, you know, when I did the story, like he had worked out Cuba League's contract and, and some of the big ones where the Blackhawks have um, certainly the panic contract and some contracts they haven't won over the years. And um, they, Davidson had more control, and I, I felt like the Blackhawks had, uh, you know, as of late, a lot of their contracts this off season were pretty good. You know, pretty team friendly contracts. You know, from Murphy to. Um, 
and then you know certainly dating back to the last last off season too. So um, yeah, I, I feel like he, he's pretty well rounded. I, I think this is uh, this is obviously a huge huge challenge, you know. And, and he didn't he didn't sugarcoat that you know this will take some adjustment from him, and it's going to take some time. It's um, it's tough because the Blackhawks do have a lot of, and, and I talked to a source yesterday, and and they said they they felt like the organization had just become complacent, and they have yeah. a lot of people who've been here for a long time. Um, so I think that's the difficulty too, is that I, I don't think he's as ingrained in all that. I think a lot of those people were Stan Bowman's guys, or um, and you know hired well before Davidson, and, and not that he hasn't dealt with those people, but I, I think that there's a little bit more separation that maybe some of those tough, tough decisions he can make. Uh, with a little bit more ease, where I, I feel like the Blackhawks have had the same scouting staff and, the, you know, a lot of the same personnel. For well, that's what John McDonough used to brag about, was yeah, the consistency like and yeah. the constancy and, you know, from, from the Yeah, from the office to the, the hockey ops, and, yeah. and you, you obviously seen all the changes within the, the front office even before the report came out. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I think Kyle Davidson has the mind to do this and, and can be successful, but... Um, yeah, it, it's a challenge. Like the Blackhawks, yeah, I, you know, like I asked them about not having potentially having that first round pick next year, and and he kind of downplayed it. But it's it's a big deal, and Seth Jones, and like you need you need McCabe. McCabe played well tonight. Like you need McCabe and Jones. You need these guys yeah. to play well. And um, you, you know, know. It's, yeah, people people talk about well, they're they're one nine and two. Why don't you just tank? Well, boy, that that's a risk. Because yeah. like if you have a draft pick, you know you have your pick. Yeah, tanking. Sure, that's what the Coyotes are doing. Makes yeah. sense, but. If you can only have that pick, if it's number one or number two overall, and that you have like at best, if you if you're the worst team in the league, you have like a combined like what forty percent chance of getting that one or two pick overall. Yeah, so if you tank all year and then you get the number three pick overall and Columbus gets it and you got nothing, I mean that's just absolute nightmare scenario. So yeah. this team is not going to tank. They're gonna try to win and make sure that that draft pick. They want to be in those teens again, and then they won't feel so bad about. I it. I don't know if it's necessarily, tr- you know, like I, I think at some point, like he could evaluate, like if he decides a Kuba leak or someone, like you know, they're not. I mean, he's an expiring RFA, but there, there's contracts they could trade. There's mm-hmm. there's people they could trade. So I don't know if it's necessary. that's what Arizona did when they lost their picks because of the scouting, uh, uh, the of uh, shenanigans was they went and they just traded a bunch of players and got yeah. picks back. Like, yeah, you, you want to get assets, you know. Like if if you're not gonna make the playoffs, you aren't gonna have a first round pick. You're gonna figure out other ways to attain assets. Obtain assets. I can the words that like, I know that it came it's been out a long day. It, it's, um, and you're drunk. Let's not forget yeah. you cover games drunk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of that, since Lucas Reichel had a hat trick tonight, which he did. I, I, I Ben, did you see the third one? No, I didn't see. Oh I my god, it was it was. I know it's against AHL talent, but you watch that, you're like, oh, this guy's got some NHL skill. Yeah, no, he's he's pretty good. So I, I and it'll be interesting. I mean, Hagel, we'll see what Hangel's injury is, and you know, King didn't have a update, but um, I, I think that's also something that Davidson's gonna have to figure out is like, do you is it beneficial of Reichel and? in Rockford for a lot of season, not burn that year, you know, yeah. like they, they've, they've often brought those guys up and, and maybe, you know, Reichel forces their hand, but they're like, that's another part where his contract could still slide. And, um, and it's not about this year anymore. Let's be honest. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I was thinking about going back and watching the Rockford game tomorrow and maybe riding off it for this week. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, under source and even the head coach of Rockford now too. And, and they talked today about, potentially adding another NHL assistant, and they definitely want to add another yep. Rockford assistant too. So if you have a resume out there, send <laughs> it. Uh, so, so let's talk about Derek King a little bit, who's, you know, it, it's interesting. This is my first time, again, you, you're, you're always the guy who does the Rockford stuff. You you, 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 you hog the ice hogs. Um, 
but he's so low key. Yeah. Like he speaks really quietly. He's just like a pleasant man, just kind of talking and talking in a quiet voice and telling some jokes and ha. He's like disarming. He's like such a non hockey coach. Yeah. Like when you think of a hockey coach, you think of Joel Quenville barking at someone. You think of Barry Trotz and his no neck staring out. You think of, you know, Mike Babcock, you know, abusing people and stuff. And it's, it's just, you don't think of this like just pleasant kind of middle aged man just being soft spoken. It's, it, it might be just what they need. I mean, Quenville was such this, this force of personality where he was like this almost impenetrable sphinx of a man. And Colleton was just so coldly analytical sometimes. Like he didn't have a lot of emotion behind him when he talked. In, and when he be even on the bench, people always complained about that he didn't have the fire and all that. And here you got this guy who's just like, I'll tell you exactly what's on my mind. You know, I'm scared and I'm excited and, you know, this is fun and, you know, just chill out, man. It's just hockey, man. Just relax. He, he's, so, he's so different from either of those two guys that I don't know. I, I, I have no idea what kind of an X's nose coach he is. I have no idea what kind of a feel for a game he is. All that's going to be determined. He's going to have six months and 70 games to figure out how to be a head coach in the NHL. But in the meantime, he's just, just, the, just the, the, the relaxing tone of his voice might be with the, the Blackhawks are so tight right now. They're so well, tense ASMR, going into this game. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what he is. He, they, it's just, I mean, the terrible start, all the, the, the horrible things hanging around the franchise, coach getting fired. I mean, this place is tense as hell. And then you get this guy, he's like, hey, man, chill out, you know, let's go play some hockey. And I think that's kind of what they need right now. I don't know, I don't know how, uh, you know, effective that's going to be in the long term, but they seem to just play a little looser today. Patrick Kane said, you know, this is when I play my best, is when I'm just playing on instinct. And, you know, King said the word instinct like three or four times. He said free and easy three or four times. I mean, it's a very simple message. It's not a long-term message. It's not a solution to why the Blackhawks are bad defensively and this, that, and the other thing. But... For now, it's kind of exactly what they need. Yeah. It's just this change of pace. Just, just relax. Just you'll start winning if you just relax. It's kind of. I, I think there's something to the king. King played a lot of NHL games. He's you a know? good player. Yeah, I, I think there's something to having that comfort level, and I, I think, you know, obviously some coaches they become these intense ones, but I, I think with Joel, with you know, like he was intense when he needed to be. But he was really laid up, laid back. He was a really players' coach, and, yeah. and sometimes a players' coach that, you know, that. He, I think the players, I think you have enough leadership on this team that whoever steps in, they're going to listen to, you know, like, I think that's the key is that I think Kane and Taves are willing to listen. They're willing to, um, like you have the right people that are, are, yeah, just willing to kind of adapt and kind of, kind of take in the message and see how things and work. And Kane you know? said, you know, you look at his, his, his hockey DB page, you see 612 points, 830 games. There, there is an instant credibility and respect yeah. that Colleton did not have. Like Colleton had to earn it the hard way. Yeah. King comes in. I'm an accomplished NHL player. You, you instantly get that. Well, it's also helpful that like Keith and Seabrook and like there's more. You know, like it it True. helps that who's on the team. The re- you know, like this. Yeah, I, I think that's such a key part is that people are willing to be like, yeah, let's you know, we're gonna accept you and we'll see how things go and mm-hmm. uh, and and you know, K- King also doesn't you know like Carlton was very much like we're gonna change the system and and you know he went right at it. He, he had a very strong way that he wanted to play the game and. And King's coming in, and they're not altering anything. Like, he wants to sit back and evaluate it. And, um, you know, I think Connor Murphy talked about it today, too. Like, you know, like the challenge isn't, like, adapting to another system. It's, like, it's getting com- more comfortable within the system and not thinking. And, um, and like, we've seen signs, even under Carlton. You know, we saw the Islanders game and the Canucks game where they, they played well, and they just didn't yeah. win, you know? Like, this, I don't think this team is 
as bad as this record is. I if don't this, think this team had great gotten either, but yeah, it's somewhere in between. If you know the, their five on five save percentage before tonight was something like eight sixty something. If this team had gotten even decent goaltending, oh yeah, no, you they're a, they're a five hundred yeah, team and yeah. nobody's freaking out. Because, I don't think Carlton's ever going to say it, but I, I'm sure that he. He's like, you know, if I just had Leonard or Crawford, oh, no question. you know, like there would have been a and, and I'm sure you get to the flip side, you could say, well, why is, you know, you can't get a 920 save percentage when you're facing oh, 22 sure, odd yeah. man rushes every game. Yeah. So there's, there's two sides to that yeah. coin. But and the, part of it is, I mean, it's to their credit today, like they did make some changes, like sitting Gustafson, you know, like yeah. even Gustafson, every game had a moment or two and sometimes it, it hurt you and sometimes it didn't, but limiting what he's, how much he's out there. Like they're also, I thought like the fourth line, you know, like some more of his bottom six guys had lesser minutes, and yep. you know Carpenter still was on the top power play unit. And they were down to ten fours in the third period too, without Hagel and uh, yeah. Entwistle, who both yeah. got hurt. And we'll see. I mean, it's one game, and, and, and it's it's hockey, so it, it's you know it's it's hard to draw into it. But yeah, the Blackhawks won today, and King was said and did the right things, and um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, it'll be interesting. They go on that road trip, and uh, you know, like they'll yeah, I guess we, we can have larger sample size. We you uh, you asked for some questions. I did. I haven't even looked to see if we got any yet. I should probably do that. Uh, here we go from Maritime NHL. What's your idea for the plan with Alex Nylander? And what are your thoughts on Taves so far? Taves has been good lately. He's been like his possession numbers are really good. You know, he personally hasn't scored, but like that line again produced the Hagel mm-hmm. scored a goal. Um, the line's been really good. I think Kubalik gives us another option. I mean, Kubalik hasn't been great either, like just connecting. Um, but yeah, I, I think having that line of Taves is driving possession, and then you have, you know, I, we talked about beginning of the season. I still think Hagel's a twenty goal scorer, and I think being on the line would certainly help. And and Kubalik, giving Kubalik more five on five ice time, and I guess that would be one of the other. When I mean, you look at Colleton's tenure, that he didn't love Kubalik's game at all times, and I think this is a team that needs Kubalik to play more. Um, and certainly, some of it's on Kubalik to be better both ways, but he has too much of an offensive weapon, and you don't have enough offensive depth for this team that him not to play a large role in the top six. So, uh, Nylander, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, if Hagel's out, that's an option. If you don't want to bring Reichel up, yeah, Nylander's no. the logical option to bring for up. For sure, yeah. Because yeah. that's, at least you're putting, like, it's not going to be one of those situations where you're going to put him on a fourth line with guys that don't work with Alex yeah, Nylander. No, yeah. so. And I guess it'll be, uh, Borgstrom should be, I, I would assume Borgstrom. He should be back soon, too, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so. And, and maybe Goddard gets a look still. I mean, Goddard, you know, like. Yeah. He, um, Especially if Entwistle's out, too. I mean, that's. You know, and Whistle's played in all but one game this year. He his numbers are not good. Yeah, yeah, for I mean, sure. I, I I was harping on when I wrote my Strom column about Reese Johnson, statistically the worst player in the NHL. Mackenzie Entwistle was not far behind, and yeah. he's getting a very very long look. Um, I know that they like his his hustle and his effort, and he you know his potential there, but it, it's not working so far. And he yeah. might you know be the next guy. And then if you're putting out. someone with Strom too, like ideally you'd have another like Harbin. I think Hardman Hardman's works. been good. I like Hardman. Yeah, I, I think having the the other winger be more offensive may help Strom too. Because like Strom, Strom, I thought I thought Strom had more effort tonight. And like, there's oh, man, some... do you think like like music was playing in his head last yesterday when he got the news? He's just, just like dancing around. He the had apartment. a long talk with King at the end of the <laughs> practice today. So I'm, yeah, I'm sure that he's <laughs> he's maybe the one who doesn't miss Kyle a whole lot today. Mike Kozak says, uh, "How likely was it that Kyle Davidson sought input from the veterans, Taves, Kane?" to bring it Murphy, hell, even Jones, before he made the coaching change. I don't think that Kyle Davidson was in the room asking the guys for that. I think I think that he made this decision based on the same things yeah, that we've all been yeah, seeing, yeah. frankly. I don't... I, I, it I know, was interesting, I, I, though. I know fans want the GM to, like... Especially with Kane and Taves, they have some input, but I just... 
Yeah, if Bowman wasn't going to do it, I, I think Davidson was even further. You know, like yeah. he, he's more he has just, no relationship with those guys. Yeah. I, I, I will say it was noteworthy that you know I don't know if it was noteworthy, but you know Derek King was saying you know I want those guys to have a voice, like you know in ha- not just like in, but like how we play and who plays with whom. Like he's he was very open to the idea of soliciting it from because who knows the team better than those guys yeah, do? For sure. So he was he was open to that idea. Um, Mike McCallum asked, he said, looking at the players' effort on the ice recently, it's clear that J- uh, Jeremy Colleton had lost the dressing room. Any idea what led to that? I'm not even sure that's the case. I think this team just was lost in general. I don't think it was Colleton's fault necessarily. All, it certainly wasn't all Colleton's fault, and it certainly wasn't all, you know, Stan Bowman's fault. I mean, everybody involved has to take some ownership of how bad this team started yeah. this I think I think some of it, I mean, you have a lot of young guys where things just go the wrong way. Instead of fighting, they just quit. And then you have a lot of even veterans who it got it in their head. I think McCabe and like McCabe was full of confidence, you know, coming off how he played last year. And then he struggled early in the year, and and I think it snowballed for a lot of these guys. And I think I think for for Flurry and yeah, I don't, you know, it, it's I didn't see it, you know, like it's harder because we weren't in the room every day. Like it's harder to gauge sometimes exactly yeah. what what players are thinking or feeling. But the, the losing streak had gotten to them and. I think getting downs in games, like instead of propelling them, it it just tore them down. And um, and regardless of what Colleton said, like it just wasn't going to pull them out of that funk. So, um, yeah, I wonder how much people realize how different things are with us not being in the room. Like, you know, we we, we write so much more analysis and opinion now than we normally. Like that Strom column I wrote the other day. In a normal year, I would have talked to. Dylan Strom for 15, 20 minutes before I wrote that column. Yeah. It would have been more about what what's going on in his head as opposed to what's going on in my head. I mean, the fact is, I don't want to like tell people not to read our stuff, but we are so far removed from the pulse of the locker room that we. Yeah, but like are. even in that piece, I know you would talk to people on background. Sure. And, and it's like you find you find information other ways. Like, but it's, but, it's but, a, but it, it was much more about you know it was it's it's much more of an opinion piece than maybe a, a bigger picture piece that you would normally get. Like we're just not in the room talking to these guys every day on and off the record, just bullshitting and just getting a vibe for the place. Um, it really is different. And thankfully, at least we're back into in-person stuff. Yeah, today was, today nice. was the first day that we were back uh, in person after the COVID outbreak. So that's a step in the right direction. And hopefully on these, you know, we're traveling a lot in the next month or so. There'll be you some are. more one-on-one access. <laughs> I am, yes. I hope you got a lot. Um, there'll be some more one-on-one access. But it is different when we're not, like, the, us being in the room, I know nobody thinks anybody cares about that stuff, but it does color how kind of in tune you are with how things are. You have to work so much harder to get the pulse of the room uh, when you're not in there. Uh, Rafael Meneses asks, does to send cheers to Hawks Brazilian fans? You know, I get quote tweeted by the Hawks Brazilian account all oh, yeah? the time. And it's in, uh, it, it's a shame it's in Portuguese because I've been working on my Spanish so much for the last couple of years and I got, I got nothing in Portuguese for you, but uh, uh, cheers to the Hawks Brazilian fans. They're, yeah. they're out there. They're, it's, it's, it's always Next interesting. Next get together is in Brazil. So. Hell yeah, let's do that. Um, and uh, I've got a lot of Lucas Reichel questions and one last one from Kilton Rauman. How long until the Derek King statue is done being built? <laughs> it's a good question because, uh, we need some new statues out here. <laughs> I'm going to try to do some on Reichel this week. I think that's one of my goals. I think that's a good goal. Um, yeah, we got a lot coming up. I mean, obviously it, we've been reacting to the news a lot lately as Ben Pope walks by. Hi, Ben. And the parking lot here, he's done for the day. Go read the Sun-Times. Subscribe to your local newspaper. It's important. Um, and, uh, yeah, we got a lot going on. And a week from now, I'm going away on like a nine-night trip. Yeah. And, uh, going out west. Going back to Canada for the first time in a long time. I miss Canada. I just hope you, that you did a negative test on the way back. <laughs> like, it's my greatest fear. Like, I... <laughs> 
You get like some kind of false positive. You well, no, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, like that's, I, 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 this is going to be my first COVID. I need to get a PCR test to get into Canada. You only need like any old test. Like you can just like, you know, write down like a note I passed and you can get back into the States. But to get into Canada, it's like hardcore. This is going to be my first, I've had no close contacts at all. I've been all good about this. Yeah. This will be the first time they shoved the big, uh, thing I did. I had to do it when I went on a trip, uh, a month ago and I, I freaked out. Like I was just, I, yeah, I don't know. Like you just don't know. Like you, like you feel fine. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of these Blackhawks feel fine. And then they're like, oh, you're positive right exactly i got you know I, i've gotten my booster yeah, my kids yeah. finally got vaccinated yesterday it's very exciting You're in edmonton but for you can a month still get po- yeah <laughs> well uh it would be on this trip it would be calgary which is not so bad i like calgary but <laughs> edmonton would be better because i could go to bistro praha every Come day. visit you in calgary anyway we got a lot of stuff planned uh we we do hope to write fun stories again sometime i think eventually it'll be appropriate to do that but it's just we're not there yet no. um there's a lot going on but um but yeah, we think the engagement, as they say, has been very high the last month. Everyone's reading, everyone's commenting. Good lord, the comments. Everyone's comment section. happy or angry with us. Oh man, so. the comment section is uh, we're 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 we're, we're, we're setting new records. We're teetering into like Yahoo News territory here at some point, but it's uh, it's been eventful. We're reading. Thank you. Um, we appreciate everyone who's been Thank reading you. and subscribing, and uh, um, yeah, we hope that things calm down a little bit. Yeah, no, we start writing about hockey, hockey again a little and more. Just, yeah. But in the meantime. I am Mark Lazarus. And I am Scott Powers. And, and this is... Oh, yep. Yeah. Yep. Ste- stepping right <laughs> on each other. This is such an unprofessional outfit. We're sitting in a car in the dark, and I'm scrolling through my phone because I didn't do any preparation for this, so this is pathetic. This is the only way I know how to do it, though. I will... You, you go. This is Laz and Powers. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. I can fix it. I can help even just a little.